What is up, everyone? My name is Brandon First, aka First Report, representing the ESBC Podcast Network. It is September 13th, Sunday, 2020, and it is time to talk Major League Baseball. As look, let's we all know it's the first week of NFL, but there is still a lot to handle when it comes to baseball, and very, very um, similar as normal. Um, this is the stretch run for baseball here in September. Now, what's not normal is we're only, you know, 20% of the way in, uh, but that's where we are in terms of the game. So we are ready for the stretch run, and I could not be ready if it wasn't for the help of my co-host, someone who has helped so much, and we've uh, actually created a betting monster with Brianna Winter as well. Make sure you head to the ecosystemsbusinessconcierge.com to get all of that stuff. Brianna, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm glad with the results for Angels this weekend, but I'm really scared for the schedule for the next week and a half. <laughs> but um, now if only I do well with you guys, I tell you picks and you guys do well. When I do them myself, they suck. So, Well, there you go. So, so now you're going to have to uh, just ride what you got going and or what we have or what you've told us. And, uh, and then forget all that. Or if you do bet, you just tell us. And maybe that's all it's it Darvish. is. Darvish. Yeah. Well, and, and it is the one thing, you know, you, Darvish, is a special case. I've always kind of been one of those, if he has two good starts, usually the third will be bad. Now, this year has not been the case. He's been good all season. Now, we unfortunately, and it wasn't even like we had talked about earlier, it wasn't that bad of a start. It's just sometimes... It's baseball luck. You know, there, you, you will see the Pirates. The Pirates took, I think, three straight from the Indians. And I know the Indians have their problems. We'll get to that later. But the Pirates were terrible, and they go out and win three in a row. So, you know, things happen. Baseball betting in major leagues is difficult. And the fact that you – I mean, well, you've had like five and O days. So – but I think you're kind of like me. You focus on the negative stuff because that's what we can change or that's what we're going to change. And uh, that's good, but – you know, take some time to pat yourself on the back yeah. as well. So, man, he got um, he got really unlucky that game. <laughs> it yes. was a very unlucky day for me, and something must have happened with your Padres. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it did. Oh, okay. I love Fernando Tatis Jr., but sometimes he is a little too aggressive on the ma- or on the bases. But yes. Anyways, uh, yeah. So it is Major League Baseball time, and as we always do, um, talking about Major League Baseball as a whole. Remember, there's two podcasts today. This will be the first. There will be another SoCal one later where we focus on the three Southern California baseball teams. This is all of Major League Baseball at whole, pretty much kind of the national, if you think about it, the national overview of it. Um, the first thing that I, I wanted to bring up, the things we saw on the field was the Braves pretty much warning every team in Major League Baseball, don't shut us out because the next day we are going to come out and absolutely destroy you. Um, but I told you about this before you saw it, right? Yeah, um, no, I did see no. it. Um, I did, because that's, that's why I said it was in the fifth, because uh, I, oh, I think yeah. by the time you had texted me, it was the sixth. I had, we were just getting ready to start the NFL podcast, and I had just glanced over, um, and I looked, and 
it was the double takes. I was just going up and down the app and realized, whoa, like that, I didn't see that right and stopped. Yeah. And the first thing was, wow, 29. And the second thing was, oh my goodness, it's only the fifth inning. And I don't know if it was 29 at that point, but it was I think it was like 25. Yeah. I think it was like 25. <laughs> it was but, I, but I saw that and excuse my language. I was like, holy crap, that is a football score. Oh yeah. It's only fitting that you guys were preparing for the NFL <laughs> Well, half the teams didn't even make it to, to 29. I mean, I, I saw the Eagles and Redskins. Neither team made it to 29. So. Uh, they're not the Redskins anymore. Oh, shoot, you're right. Uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm reverting to, uh, you know, my it, old ways. It, it's going to take some time to get used to. There's only it half really, the month or really two. Years, so it's going to take time. But also, you know, also on the same day, one of the crazy things is the Brewers put up 19. How often are the Brewers going to put up 19 or a major league baseball team in general going to put up 19 runs and not only is it going to be the second most run scored that day but it's going to be that by double digits wasn't uh, it also a shutout <laughs> yeah and it was also a shutout too which um obviously the marlins look 29 to 9 that was um a a definite football score it's, it's got to be a little tough for the marlins offense to put up nine runs themselves i mean it sounds really puny next to a 29, but still nine runs for an offense you expect to win, not lose by 20. And it was against the Tigers that we all thought were probably going to do at least a little better. Well, and they, I think they have at this point. Um, it, it's the, they're starting to come back. Like I said, I, they're, I think they're at 20 and 22 last I checked. And I have that. I just need them to get to 23 wins. And, and Josh was making fun of me like, Oh, they're going on an offer right now. Like, me getting a little frustrated, like, hey, I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious, so you better quiet down. So we'll see um, if, if that returns. But I think that's a perfect example of returning to the mean. Now, maybe a bit extreme, but you see the Braves, a good offensive team, get shut out one day. And now they're not going to put up 29 the next day all the time. But they're probably going to put up some crooked numbers uh, in that line score and, and put up uh, a good good number the next day. And I think this was a good showing of that, especially considering um, the Braves are right now with the Dodgers bullpen problems, which we'll get to later, uh, might be one of those teams in the National League that are, are maybe edging their way towards um, the top spot at least in the power rankings or whatever that I think the Dodgers are going to get the number one seed as far as that goes. But uh, anything else to add on the 29 run output or the 19 run output? And I'm pretty sure Toronto scored like 11 runs that game too. So I don't want to, or that day too. I don't want to forget about them. It was a pretty crazy day. Um, either way. Holy crap. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yes, my language. Oh yeah. Well, believe me, uh, if, if, if that, that is in the excused language, then I, I should probably be muted immediately. I, I have a lot of family that are, like, I have, like, six cousins between Fair enough, fair enough. Six I and three, so. Temper myself. Uh, but moving on to uh, the injuries, really, this was something that we've seen, obviously, throughout the year. Mike Soroka, um, among plenty others, whether it's a little banged up here and there. You look at the Yankees, you know, the DL ride that they've been on or just guys like Soroka or um, guys that never even started playing or just guys who have been out for essentially the season, but not really kind of like Kirby Yates, you know, bone chips would not normally end your season. Well, they do this year. So for the teams that are now becoming contenders, it's starting to become a little more clear. 
two big injuries and uh both in the in the west one in the american league one in the national league one hits way too close to home for me uh and that's eric hosmer look i don't know if you've seen the video if you haven't it's pretty much if if you have children who are in little league it's it's a perfect video of exactly the opposite what not what to you, do yes what you the exact and it's still opposite. funny for me well Sorry, it's funny I, for it's, me it's frustrating it's very frustrating because we're, we're in a situation where, first of all, Eric Hosmer should not be bunting, really, honestly, um, and definitely should not be bunting on two strikes. So not only did he break his finger, but he was also out because it was a foul ball on a third strike. So it's, it's just, I don't know if it's stupidity. Um, that's a heavy word. But Wouldn't that be on the coach, though? I, well, I think we would have to know. I, I really can't imagine that the, the the third base coach, Glenn Hoffman, gave him a bunt sign. I can't – I think what happened was Eric Hosmer saw the shift and thought, you know what, it's a situation where this could turn into a sacrifice because there were runners on, um, and it could – it did some – well, it could have worked as somewhat of a sacrifice if it was executed – um, I, I really don't think it was the coaching decision. Now, I haven't dove too deep into that. I'm sure someone's asked Jace Tingler. Um, but if Jace Tingler gave Eric Hosmer the 2-0 bunt sign, um, he need, or I'm sorry, the two-strike bunt sign, he needs a pink slip immediately because that's, that's bad. Um, but, I mean, you, you said it yourself. That is the exact opposite. I mean, that's how you break your finger. Literally, yeah, that's I, how a coach and I mean, says, do you want to break a finger? Here's a video to show you how to break a finger. Like, and I bunted quite a bit because I was not the best of hitters. But I know, don't put your entire hand, like, at a point where you can see it. All you want is your thumb behind the bat. That's all you need. And you shouldn't even be that high up anyway. But, like, don't. Like, you're in a league that barely bunts. Why would you do it anyway? You, well, you see people too, already injured. If, if the third base coach does give, if I'm Eric Hosmer, the third base coach gives me a bunt sign on 0-2, don't do I'm it. Calling time, and I'm doing the old little league. I'm going to talk to Glenn Hoffman. Like, hey, we're gonna do the little league. I'm gonna go talk to my third base coach for a minute. Go, what? Did I miss a sign? You really want me to do that? No way. Like that can't be serious. But that's my thinking. Um, the other injury was uh, obviously Matt Chapman, the Oakland A's, their uh, platinum glove third baseman. Full disclosure: Matt Chapman has been having a really, really rough year. This is probably, I don't think this is a buildup of one thing. Like you could say, oh, that was the time it happened. Uh, I think it's just been a buildup. Um, and I don't know if you've been healthy. It, there was a game with the Padres, I would say, about a week. When it was last Saturday. He had five, five at-bats, five strikeouts. Came to the bat the next day. Two at-bats, two strikeouts got pulled. I don't know if he that was the end and then he was put on the IL or, or whatever. But... You could tell for a guy that, look, I'm not expecting a guy to go five for five or three for four or even two for five. Two for five is a really good day too. But your last seven at-bats, seven strikeouts, Matt Chapman is a lot better than that. Um, so hopefully he gets better. But his season is done. It's a huge blow, I believe, to the A's. But this might hit a little too close to home for Brianna. Uh, this makes the Tommy LaStella pickup. Now, I'm not holding Tommy LaStella to Matt Chapman's, but Tommy LaStella is a guy who, who gives your team flexibility. 
because of everything he can do. Now, if that's the case, you can put Tommy LaStella in at the everyday third baseman and feel okay about it. You're going to drop off uh, offensively uh, and defensively, but he plays adequately and he's, he's a decent hitter. He's not an, a Matt Chapman level type guy, but he's a guy. And he can that get on base. Can come on. Yeah. I would say that if they were in, if, if Beretta was still there, they would have felt better in this situation, having LaStella there than Beretta. What are your thoughts on Matt Chapman, unfortunately going down? Again, I really hated that trade. Um, there was no point to that trade. But um, obviously, if I, if I looked correctly, it was his, his right hip and he's having surgery on it. Like, obviously, that's not something that happens unless you get hit in the hip really, really hard. Otherwise, it's like something that gradually happens. I mean, it's a huge loss to the A's. But like you said, they do have Tommy LaStella now, which I really, really hate. Um, but, I mean, they're still leading the AL West oh, yeah. by like a, like a comfortable amount. Like Oakland's only behind Oakland's behind them by six and a half games. They are comfortable. There's only like two weeks left. They're gonna clinch a playoff spot no matter what happens. So I don't think it's gonna really hurt them that much. But yeah, if you're playing at like a let's say this year Altuve level at bats, because he not done well. And I'm very happy for that one. Uh, especially when it's against the Angels, um, then obviously you know something is wrong. Because I believe Altuve also went on the injured list not long after. So you know something is wrong. But Altuve has also just not had a very good year anyway. Well, and Altuve um, has the injury of um, no electronic-itis. Um, no, no trash can. No trash itis. can. You know, it's crazy, you know, what happens. And, and I would, and this just kind of popped in my head, I wonder if, they hadn't got caught and they were still trying to do it. Would they be like, how would they do it in terms of the trash can? Because I really think the trash can would be too noticeable with no fans. Um, I don't know. It just randomly popped into my head. Um, don't worry. You, that's all I'm going to dive deep into my head, but um, that, that's just a, kind of a weird thing. Like what would they do? You know, I, obviously the whistles were used, um, but even they would be a little more, magnified and believe me if there were people on twitter who went back you know three years and pulled up youtube videos of every time they heard trash cans with different signs and all that whew, more power to you if you have that much time on your hands well we're in a pandemic and everybody's quarantined so they probably this do have before much time on their pandemic. Hands. this was no i know but i mean pandemic. now <laughs> but if they did it now they oh, have well, yeah. all that time still though i mean maybe read a book but anyways uh moving on to what happened today uh, Alec Mills might uh, might end up being, and who knows? It's he's still got maybe some some time left. He, he just might end up being one of the more unlikely no hitters uh, of all time. You look at some of the pitchers who have thrown no hitters or who have not thrown no hitters, uh, and seen some of the pitchers that have thrown no hitters. It's kind of crazy. But Alec Mills, the first uh, Chicago Cub to throw a no hitter since Jake Arrieta in 2016. Um, you are a lot closer to this than I was. You actually were the one who broke the news to me uh, that this happened. Uh, and this is your jurisdiction with the Cubs. So why don't you uh, let us know what happened with Alec Mills? Yeah, I think I broke it to you as soon as it, like, the game went final. Mm -hmm. Obviously, he had a no-hitter going through into the seventh inning, but we didn't know what was happening from there. But yeah, it was his first career no-hitter. And it was a 12 to nothing shutout, obviously. But it was also the first time they ever had a no-hitter against the Brewers. 
So there's a little bit more history involved there, but wait, there's even more. Um, so this is the first time that both Chicago teams have had a no-hitter in the same season. Obviously, we talked about the White Sox no-hitter a few weeks ago, but power to you if you're the only city to get no-hitters. Like, that's great, especially even though it's in this tiny condensed season. But yeah, power to Alec Mills. They didn't take him out. They knew what he was capable of. They just let him go. And I think that was the best decision. Obviously, he just got his first career no-hitter, Obviously, and they literally rushed him. <laughs> like, from the video I saw, they rushed him just to congratulate him. <laughs> well, that's a huge, you know, because there are a lot of times where, what, fifth inning, sixth inning, and then the pressure starts to ramp up, and everyone feels it. I mean, I've never personally been a part of a no-hitter. Uh, I mean, up until whatever, uh, maybe the fifth inning, something was going on. But um, there's a lot of pressure on you as a fielder. And I think sometimes it's – obviously the pitcher is number one. But I think sometimes when you see that rush, it's almost like the player being like, okay, it's not me who, who, who did this. I, I go back to the Dodgers and Cueto. Um, two or three weeks ago, he's thrown a no-hitter and – I don't know if it was Alex Dickerson uh, because I think he's just in left field. So he might be the one who jumped out to me, but uh, they completely lose the ball in like, he just lose it in the sun or never had it in the first place. And it falls 10, 20 feet behind him. Well, guess what? That's, that's a hit. It's technically yes, an error, but that's not going to be an error. It's just a hit. So that obviously ended up spiraling well out of control for Johnny Cueto went from having a no hitter to ending up taking a loss. But when I see, the players and the position players kind of rush it. I, I really think that it's them kind of being like, okay, I'm not going to be the GOAT, the person that um, forgets all about it. You know, the Jim Joyce, if you will. And I'm sure if, if you know exactly what I'm talking about, you know who Jim Joyce is and when it comes to perfect games and no hitters. But um, I do also think it's very interesting that the Cubs and White Sox have pretty much – I mean, baseball doesn't necessarily have the original six because it's kind of convoluted early eight, early 18 or late 1800s and all that stuff. But both of these franchises have pretty much been playing baseball since the 1910s and they've never had a no hitter in the same season. I mean, they're not exactly the most successful franchises through those years, but still it's, that's kind of crazy um, that that happened uh, or well, hasn't happened and now has. But uh, the last bit of other history, yeah, because this happened today, correct? The Pujols? Correct. It happened Once today. again, uh, yeah, so Albert Pujols does really what I think everyone has had expected him to get to. It maybe took him a little longer to get to this plateau. Uh, this kind of snuck up on me, but congratulations. Albert Pujols hits home run number 660, and obviously that is a big number because it's Willie Mays, and he's now tied, and I was kind of talking with Brianna that now it's kind of crazy that when Pujols hits his next home run, Willie Mays will be sixth all time. For me, it was always Aaron Ruth Mays. Um, so very, very interesting there. Um, that And congratulations to Pujols, first and foremost. And once again, this is another situation where this is in um, Brianna's jurisdiction with the Angels. So what, what, did you, uh, what do you got for us with Albert Pujols making history yet again? Well, this happened in the eighth inning, so it was toward the end of the game, and the Angels were down three to two at the time. So his home run, it was a two-run home run, and it basically gave the Angels the lead, and they ended up getting one more run after to win. 
But if you want to hear um, how many times pool host history has gone under the radar because of something else, go into the next podcast. I will talk yeah. about it more in the SoCal podcast. That's and and believe me, you'll want to listen to that. Uh, it was very very interesting. It's kind of one of those. I don't know if it's a stat. I think it's just kind of a quirk or an interesting little story. Coincidence. Coincidence. Thank you. Thank you. That almost doesn't seem not possible. That's a bit much, but it just doesn't seem like it, it, it would, would have happened in this situation. But uh, congratulations to Albert Pujols, who, like I said, I think everybody expected Pujols to get here to 660. Um, I hope he can get to 700. Um, how long, I'm sorry. I don't mean to drop this on you. Do you know how long Pujols' contract is? I don't. Okay, sorry. But that's I know he's time. been in the league for a really long time. Yeah, I expect him to play that contract out. I mean, he'd do the Angels probably a favor if he were to retire. Um, but I, I expect him to play that contract out, which is his prerogative. Um, and uh, I would expect him to retire after that. But anyways, uh, hopefully he can get to 700. I think that would be pretty cool. Um, look, if, if Barry Bonds is at 700. I think Albert Pujols deserves to be to 700. Yeah. Uh, moving on to what we saw off the field. And this one's a little weird because technically, <coughs> excuse me, the COVID monster did come back and, um, and looked like it was going to really uh, ravage the West yet again with Friday, um, Friday night's game, the San Diego Padres and the San Francisco Giants. The last minute, um, I, and I mean last minute, folks, uh, the game was postponed. It was actually kind of eerie, and I'm sure other teams, the, the Jazz, if you were a Jazz fan earlier this year with the Rudy Gobert, I'm sure the same thing happened to where, I mean, it's, it's the, the last little bit of pregame. All right, when we come back, it's first pitch, blah, blah, blah. Come back and just kind of look around, and it's like, hey, where'd the umpires go? Uh, why are there – you know, people walking across the field right now. This shouldn't be happening. Uh, so it came out about 45 minutes after the postponement was announced that there was a positive test in the Giants organization. And then a little bit later, it was announced that it was Alex Dickerson. Now, from the beginning, for me at least, I don't quite know where I heard it. It was probably multiple sources, but there were all, always kind of people speculating saying that there's a good chance this is a false positive i heard that almost right away so um friday and saturday were postponed just out of precaution right away there was no middle ground nothing immediately postponed both games alex dickerson then got two back-to-back -back negative um covid tests to pretty much i would assume that means it's a false positive i don't know if that necessarily means it was a false positive but he got two negative tests which means he's able to come back and which means he's obviously no longer contagious. They obvious and the Padres and giants are in the middle of, um, well, about to finish up the second game of their double header is a very, very scary situation. Obviously, first and foremost, you think about the person, Alex Dickerson went to high school, Poway high, right, right next door to uh, my old high school. Not um, if you didn't go to Poway, uh, no one likes Poway. Let me put it to you that, that way. Um, there were people in Poway. One of my best friends went to Poway High, actually graduated with Alex Dickerson. Cannot stand him. Anyway, that's for another day. But he ends up getting a false positive. Thank goodness he's okay and obviously not sick or has COVID. And 
the bigger picture for the Padres, selfishly, they're not going to have to deal with um, making up these three games anytime soon. Um, there will be one game that has to be made up, but it works out because uh, the last game or the last weekend of the series or of the season, excuse me, is a series with the Giants. They can throw in a doubleheader, presumably on a Friday or a Saturday, make the Padres the home team in one of them just to even up the home aways um, and then get that done. Honestly, hopefully it doesn't matter. I think baseball is still going to schedule it just in case. But sometimes baseball will kind of wait to see if that game matters. If the Padres are four games up going into that series, it doesn't matter. Um, and I mean four games up uh, over a playoff spot or however they get that. But um, luckily that bullet was dodged. But doing our due diligence here, just got to make sure technically one game was taken away from COVID, but it wasn't a COVID outbreak. So just had to hit to it. Um, Dodger fans and the Astros. This was one of my favorite parts of the weekend. I think both myself and Brianna. And I'm going to pass it over to you to Brianna for uh, pretty much the Dodger fans. Obviously not make, not ever, all Dodger fans were able to get out there the way they wanted to, but certain ones were. Um, what were your thoughts on the welcoming? I'm going to call them the welcoming committee. Uh, and I'm sure the, the tell goodbye committee too. I'm sure they were there after the game. That, uh, the I'm sure they're going to be back later. Oh, that yeah, they're there probably right now. <laughs> I mean, it was just funny watching a bunch of people, like, yell at the bus as it's turning into Dodger Stadium with their signs. One of them was, like, nice swing, bitch. <laughs> and I just see that at the end. But I did see later that Joe Kelly actually did pass by them and actually did honk uh, in support of those people. But obviously, we're going to talk about this more later. But let's just say a lot of Dodger fans did pay money to get some banners going overhead Dodger Stadium. Yes, that was that was another nice little uh, 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 cherry on top, if you will. And um, I, my favorite sign out, I mean, all the signs were good. Um, it's, it's, it's a little tough now when you go, if, if it's Dodger specific, okay, but if you kind of go just making a joke about the Astros, it's hard to make a new joke. Like if I, if I had a dollar for every time someone had a, Oh, Astros can't steal this sign. Like, okay, I'd laugh the first 10 times, but we, we need something new now. Um, so it's hard to get something original, but one of them, one of the signs just said, everyone hates you or we all hate you. And it's just like that. I like it just straight to the point, maybe a bit over dramatic, but just, yeah, no messing around. No, no funny stuff. Literally. Hey, I just want to let you know, Everyone hates you. Thank you. I, Go about I, I just want to say, I really wish somebody had a sign that said, let the Dodgers do what the Angels did to you. Exactly. And, and well, to be fair, and, and I'm not going to make any friends right now with this, but I haven't anyway. Um, Dodger fans aren't exactly the brightest bulbs um, in the Western, you know, I guess, light collection. Um, probably the dimmest of all. Um, at Rihanna Winter send all your hate mail there. I'm just kidding. At first report, I'm here for you. But anyways, um, yeah, Dodger fans, they do what they had to do. I, I kind of wish, believe me, Dodger fans will get absolutely no pity from me. Um, but I kind of wish they would have been in the stands for my own entertainment. Um, and I will say, Fox, look, I felt like the whole reason you made the whole virtual fans is for last night or yesterday to have some fans in the stands 
you know, banging on some trash cans. Like, come on, like have some fun. Um, obviously not going to happen. Final thing, or no, actually two more things, but. Well, before we get oh, to that. Yes. I did say in the beginning, I was really hoping that there would be fans for this series. Um, like I did say that in the very, very beginning that I was really hoping for fans in this series. Obviously they're not in the stadium, but they're having fun outside of it. <laughs> Well, and I always go back to the, to the, and I can't really do this at Dodger Stadium. You can do this at the bank or Citizens Bank Park, but um, Joe Girardi getting mad at the guy who's out on the, on the city street with, a, with an air horn or a, a, a megaphone complaining to the umpires and the umpires, what? I can't do anything. He's on the city street. Like, I think at this point, you got to call the cops, but um, obviously Chavez Ravine doesn't allow them to do that. But make no mistake about it, eventually fans will be back and eventually the Astros will come through Dodger Stadium and they're going to treat it like it's the first time all over again. So uh, I can't wait for that. Um, really interesting there. Uh, another thing we wanted to talk about off the field was the news of uh, Justin Timberlake um, joining a group or being part of a group or his group now working on bringing a baseball team to Nashville, Tennessee. Now, myself and Brianna spent a good bit talking about this, and it is almost a podcast in itself because it's, it springs in so many different directions, um, a tree or a root, if you will. But the main thing that I pick up on is, A, um, this is nice to get your foot in now or – you know, um, whatever this is, or, you know, getting your name out there. And I've heard Nashville, we've all heard Nashville for a little while. Um, but I don't, I can't see major league baseball expanding at this point. Um, maybe two, three, four years down the road. Okay. But right now we don't even have fans in the stands. How are you going to, um, open up and, and it opens up another can of worms where if you do expand baseball, cannot expand one at a time. Baseball has to expand twice or, or two at a time because um, of the way the schedule works. They play six days a week. No one, no one gets a buy series. Or if you do, that would be, that would turn the schedule into about a nine week or a, a nine, 10, 11 month real stretch. So uh, you got to, you got to do it twice. And I'm going to pass it over Brianna because um, a two, two part question. A, what are your thoughts on Justin Timberlake and, um, him and Nashville or his group, because believe me, uh, Justin Timberlake is a heavy minority owner in that. He's just the face. But anyways, that group um, bringing a team to Nashville and B, what would be the other, t uh, what would be another city that you would expect to kind of uh, uh, piggyback or, or be go along with Nashville? Well, obviously, if Nashville's in the East, you need another team in the West, is my thinking. So maybe like Portland, because right now they only have a basketball team. They only have the Trailblazers. They've got nothing else. Or at least Seattle. Yeah, they're getting a hockey team, but their, base, their basketball team was taken away from them. Um, so at least give them something else. Um, but, I mean, for Nashville, if think about it, I thought it would much rather come from Carrie Underwood and Mike Fisher just because they do live there. Like, he does play hockey there. Carrie Underwood, like, produces her music there. It's like why not somebody that's actually from and lives in Nashville? I know Carrie Underwood's like from Oklahoma, but like she lives in Nashville. That's where she set up her roots. So why not let it be her? 
because the city knows her so well to the point where she's always at Nashville Predators games. Like her face is always there. She, like she's always in the crowd, no matter what happens, even with her kids, she's always there. But I mean, the other leagues, like NBA is at 30 teams, NFL's at 32, NHL is currently at 31, but with the addition to Seattle, it's gonna be 32 next year. So all of these leagues are at 30 plus, but if, yeah, you're right. If it, they bring one team, they have to bring a second. Like yeah. there's no way they can do anything else about it. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's now the same situation where the, NA, the NFL is as well. The NFL, I remember before, I think, yeah, the Texans, it was um, every team had a bye week every, every year. And I remember one year, um, I mean, it happened to every team eventually, but you would have your bye week week one. What good does that do? Having a bye week week one. I mean, that's, that's the practice? most ridiculous thing ever. But they had to because they only had 31 teams. Obviously, um, football has now put itself into a situation where if they do expand, it will be twice. Uh, but baseball, like I said, it's, it's kind of that set schedule of every team is playing a series. Now, is it two? Is it four? Um, different times, blah, blah, blah. But you have to, I mean, you're pretty much playing two series a week unless you're in a weird situation like this where maybe sometimes you're playing a whole whole week's worth of games in a weekend, um, as we'll get to in a bit. But um, one thing I would say in terms of um, baseball, they could possibly, if they keep one team in the um, National League East, or, and they could do another team, I think, in the American League East, obviously not with these situations going on where we have these regional schedules um, where they're not traveling as much, but I think that's going to open up next year, hopefully. Um, I look at two other cities besides Portland, um, and I look at A, Vegas, and I think Portland outside of Nashville is the best bet. I think Vegas is the worst of all of probably most options, but money-wise and what owners look for uh, and, and the opportunity and the ease of access, because there's always real estate for sale in Las Vegas. Um, Vegas is a very, very lucrative market. And now that now two team or two leagues are in and have gotten past the stigma of, Oh, we can't be in Vegas because it's, or in Nevada because it's legalized gambling. Well, Chicago is going to open up a sports book in their stadium. So that's going to be a little, uh, a little uh, hypocritical if that's the case. So um, Vegas is probably going to be in the conversation, although I don't think they deserve to be. And one other one, I wish they would be in the conversation. I don't think major league baseball wants to go down this route again, but I really think Montreal bring back the Expos. Um, I, I don't know, maybe that's just my own um, nostalgia, but bring back, bring back the Expo, Expos, have um, uh, Vladimir Guerrero be the coach, go crazy with it, but we'll see on the, on the whole expansion. Like I said, I think that's going to be a year's, uh, or a couple, to, couple years away, but expansion in itself isn't exactly an overnight process. So JT and his team getting in early, um, we'll see how that goes, because I do eventually expect baseball they're not going to be at 30 while everyone else is at 31, 32 for very long. Um, now, the last thing to talk about what or off the field is the uh, playoff bubble that was announced um, 
Do you want to uh, go over it or um, I can pull it up right now? I mean, you can do it because one yeah. of the fields involves your team. Perfect. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Huh? But um, one of the main things, let me just pull it up. Perfect. Okay. So we have a playoff bubble and it's mainly um, uh, the stadium. Obviously, you have bubbles in Vancouver and um, Edmonton and then Orlando where it's a bubble with a ton of teams. This is kind of going to be like a bubble with only two teams and they'll kind of move around, but we'll have the wild card will be home parks for seeds one through four, the higher seeds. And what I would assume would happen would be games one and three. The home team is the home team and game two, the road team or the, the lower seeded team would then be the home team in game two. Can't finalize that, but I would assume that's how it would go down. Similar to kind of what we saw last week when we talked about the Angels announcer losing it and realizing, oh, wait, we're the road team, but we're at home. Oh, that Easy. was the Astros. Oh, was it the Astros? Sorry, excuse me. The Astros me. were the one that were walking off. Oh, yes, you got it. That was still so funny. <laughs> um, so the wild cards will be in the home areas. So the home bubbles, if you will. So that's a bit of a home field advantage there, at least I believe. Um, and then the division series and uh, will be American League, will be Dodger Stadium and Petco Park. Yes, you heard that correctly. American League will be Petco Park, Dodger Stadium. And National League will be Globe Life Field, which is Texas, and Minute Maid Park, which is Houston. Um, those are the NLDS. And then ALCS, yes, once again, ALCS, Petco Park. NLD, NLCS, Globe Life Field, Texas, and the World Series will be in Texas uh, no matter what. It will be at Globe Life Field. Um, one thing is very obvious to me that the Major League Baseball decided. Let's go with the new field. Sorry? <laughs> Let's go with the new field. Well, okay, the, yes. A, that is big. Number one, I think it's, it's, it's uh, reaching out to the Rangers ownership group who any any team like i'm looking at the rams they're in the background right now that that building that they just built they had hoped to start making money tonight on it it's not happening same with globe life field so you're right i think it is major league baseball throwing them a bone a lifeline if you will playing with a shiny money. new toy yeah and hey look at get your advertising up you know and and believe me everything you know i've heard from the outside it looks like a barn uh, apparently inside it looks amazing, but outside it leaves a bit to be desired. Doesn't have the aesthetics that, you know, maybe Petco or, um, you know, Pac Bell or uh, whatever the ballpark in San Francisco is called now. Um, and um, for the other part is they're not making sure, they're going to make sure that no team has home field advantage um, in the uh, post wild card. Um, now, obviously, if Texas pulls one hell of a run and makes it to the World Series, they would have home field. But making the American League Division Series and American League Championship Series at Dodger Stadium and Petco Park, obviously the Dodgers and San Diego, they don't play in the American League. So they're making sure that if you go into the playoffs, it's a whole new ballpark. Um, you might obviously uh, be a home team here and there. But they're making sure that you don't get to deal with, oh, you know, Will Myers knows how to play that right field carom um, better than because it's their home field. So I think that's why they switched it up. Uh, Brianna, what, were, what are your thoughts on the bubble or, or 
Like I said, I don't know if it's really a bubble because I feel like a bubble is like a bubble with a bunch of stuff in it. I don't know. I'm getting technical. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? Well, well, I've got two thoughts. Perfect. One, why not just put all of these in one freaking state? Like Los Angeles, obviously Southern California, there's three different fields you could use. And obviously they're not using all three. They're only using two, which I think is kind of dumb. Like if you want them to not have as much travel, you need to make sure they're in the same place. Um, in regards to Texas, they'd have to win the rest of their I game. Know. Yeah, I just had to throw it out Anywhere there. Anywhere near it. Just had like the asterisk, just a footnote, you know? <laughs> but either way, the thing that I just thought of, every team that's coming from the West if they make it that far, they're already going to have an advantage because they've already played these fields. Yeah. Like every team in the West has played these fields. So obviously do- the Dodgers, let's say the Dodgers and the Padres uh, make it an LCS, probably oh, not going to happen. Crazy. But <laughs> I don't know if I'll be able to do that. I don't know if I'll be able to survive that. Anyways, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, but if that does happen, they both have, I believe, played in Minute Maid and Globe Life. Padres have in the past, not this year for okay. Minute Maid, um, but they have played at Globe Life and Globe Life. So, you know, Minute Maid, pretty much every team's played, but that's a great point you brought up. Thank you so much for bringing that up because I, I didn't just even think of that. It. Yeah. I mean, the, in the World Series, if a, a team from the West comes, they have an advantage. You're right. Because no other team has played at Globe Life Field. Um, just facts. I mean, it's that's. Cool. That is, that's great. I didn't even think of that. And it just popped into your head too. So, Hey, that's, that's great. Uh, great call. Um, there were both, those both your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Those are both, but it, the main one that I just thought that I had thought of was the fact that the West has already played in those fields. And like, that's key. Cause I mean, teams. and, and, you know, Minute Maid Park, if you see the dimensions, it's a very odd park. Like, yeah. Hera. Well, like, Obviously, Petco and Dodger Stadium are both in the NL West, but Minute Maid and Globe Life, Life are both in the AL West. Mm-hmm. So either way, since the entire West division is playing against each other, basically just about every single team has played in these stadiums, whether they're National League or American League. So whoever comes in from the West, like, it's over. Like, they know this field better than anybody from the East at this point. Great, great call. But again – Put it in one freaking state. Well, I was actually surprised that... They're getting Houston? No, I was surprised that it's California. I mean, we're, we got, at least here in San Diego, or California overall, is still pretty much locked down. San Diego, we are in phase two, I believe. We just opened, or we just opened up indoor dining for the second time. We are now currently trending... According to the governor's whatever bracket, we are going back to stage one again. We're going to have to go back to only outdoor uh, outdoor seating. Um, so it just it's very interesting to me that um, you know for California that is the most locked down. Um, it's interesting. Now I do understand the proximity of these fields is a big key. Um, to the point where you can put these players in a bus and bus them from San Diego to LA um, from division series to championship series. You don't have to deal with air f- travel, but eventually you're going to have what are you busting them from LA or are you busting them from San Diego to Texas? And I don't know about the geography between Houston and Texas, but um, I, I don't know if that's a bus ride. I, I 
just so between Houston it out there. and Texas. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Houston and Arlington. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I'm sure it's like maybe at least like an hour or two. Well, Texas is huge. I mean, Texas, Texas is, is huge. You know, it's kind of one of those things like, oh yeah, next town's over about three hours over. Like, oh wow, it's like that, you know? So who knows uh, in terms and, you know, the difference between East and West Texas is um, night and day. But now the time to check out the standings and folks, uh, since we're, you know, doing this podcast, the, the Padres got another win and it's the first time I'm looking at the standings uh, updated. So we're going to start in the National League West because I'm selfish. Uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers still playing okay ball, actually. Uh, they actually lost their first series after we went off the air last week to the Colorado Rockies. Um, they have obviously dropped two in a row to the Houston Astros. Last night was a, um, a, a Kenley Jansen classic. Kenley Jansen choke job. They are currently up 5 nothing right now. Not a great homecoming for Zach Greinke. Uh, zero sympathy on that from me, by the way. So does look like they'll probably get the win here today. Um, but the Padres have won seven in a row. They are 31-17, and 17, only two games back, more than likely two and a half games back when the night is over. Um, very, very impressed with the Padres who have continued to win. And another impressive thing, too, is after that COVID situation, they won those two games today. Uh, some teams, maybe that could have been a momentum killer. Not the case. Rounding things out, it is the Giants, Colorado Rockies, and Arizona Cardinals. Now, big for the Padres to get that sweep of the Giants because they are now seven and a half games up on the Giants for that last or so that second playoff spot as Cody Bellinger. No, that was Seager. Anyways. Um, San Francisco, nine and a half games behind the Dodgers at 23 and 24. Hats off to Gabe Kapler, keeping, uh, keeping that team afloat. I did not expect this team to be in third place. Uh, Colorado, 21 and 25. And Arizona, 17 and 31. The wheels have officially come off Arizona. What are your thoughts on the National League West? Well, you said that you weren't expecting San Francisco to be in third. How are you feeling about your – Padres only being two games back at this point. It's okay. I'm a pessimist. I, I think everyone knows that I get a lot of not hate on Twitter. I understand. But uh, what I try and explain to people is folks, I am not a New York Yankees fan. I am not even a new age Red Sox fan. I am a Padre fan. You know what the Padres have given me throughout my, my life? Nothing. Nothing. So why am I going to sit here and be optimistic? That's what I always try and tell people. Like, this team has given me nothing but bad. And you expect me to expect good? Like, no. No, well, do you think that, not going to happen. Do you think that they're going to overtake them? Obviously, you guys, no. play, you guys play them this week, don't you? No, I don't. Um, and, and I will dive a little bit. I think we're actually talk about that in an early week series. The Padres are almost there. Okay, but the Dodgers overall look, like I kind of alluded to it earlier with it. It's the Dodgers and Padres, which the way it lines up, the Padres and Dodgers cannot face in the NLCS because the Padres will be a four seed and they will end up facing in the division series. Uh, just the way the brackets will go, unfortunately. They'll be the second best team in the National League, but get a four seed. It is what it is. 
Um, I would actually prefer the Dodgers in a five-game series than a seven-game series, so I'm actually okay with that. And obviously, you have to win the three-game series. And who knows? Dodgers might choke that away. Don't sleep on the Marlins if that's who it would be. But um, a series five or seven against the Dodgers is an absolute nightmare for me, Um, almost to the point where I don't know if I could watch the games. It would be too nauseating I, I take this stuff way too seriously i love the padres and i hate the dodgers it's like that perfect storm of anxiousness and nausea that maybe sometimes i just can't deal with it was like the eagles in the super bowl it was a little too much but um the fact that we're there we're in shouting distance we're in touching distance i'm very very excited um and i think all padre fans are because i would have I would have laughed if you said the Padres at this point are 31 and 17 winners of seven in a row. And you're only two games back getting ready to go into a three game series. Conceivably you sweep this team and you're in first place. I mean, I would, I would have laughed, Um, but that's where we are. I am super excited, but at the same time, I also do understand that for 29 teams, we're going to realize that we're all Wiley Coyote and eventually we're going to look down and the cliff isn't going to be there anymore and we're going to fall. And I've done that every year. I've been a Padre fan. So I'm not expecting anything different until we're in the world series. So who knows moving to the NL central. Uh, this is closer to, uh, this is actually Brianna's jurisdiction with her Chicago Cubs still comfortably in, in the lead 28 and 20 with a four game lead. Now, Still have to deal a bit with the uh, Cardinals being eight, not being eight games back. They're four games back, but eight games played less than the Cubs. So there's going to be time now. The way they have to make them up is not going to be a whole lot of fun for them, but they are going to be out there. Uh, It's then Milwaukee at 20 and 24, six games back. Then Cincinnati, 21 and 26, six and a half games back. Big, big disappointing season there. And... uh, plucky Pittsburgh Pirates 14 and 30 Uh, they're 12 games back wow Uh, what are your thoughts on the uh, division that's very very close to you or to your team I should say obviously to be fair the National League just or not the National League the Central Division in both in both leagues is just always like this close like there's no other way about it it's always this close um, obviously there are days where I wish the Cubs have had better days like last week. Um, but I mean, they're eight, they're four games up on their rivals. Like at least they have are comfortable right now, but they're still two week like two weeks to play. Like there's yeah. still too much. It could change. And the Cardinals, if I remember correctly, they still have a lot of double headers left. Yeah. Um, um so yeah. that could change. Well, that's what I mean. Like, it's nice to have those games in hand, if you will. But it it would also be nice if you could maybe spread those eight games out over a 11-day span. That's not happening. I mean, they they were, what, 26 and 21 days, I believe. It's going to be a grind. Um, I I wonder if this – how this affects the Cubs. Um, Because I really do think they're going to kind of – coast into a pretty easy division win especially considering the cardinals are kind of looking at it like we have all these games coming up i don't think their goal is past the cubs i think their goal is hold position. just to get in yeah like hold position let's just stay the course like let's survive this um so that kind of 
<coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> gives the Cubs a little bit margin, more margin for error. Because, um, like I said, the Cardinals are just, hey, let's stay competitive. Let's stay where we are. Keep the Brewers behind us. And then hopefully we'll, we'll be the last playoff game to go off and we'll get an extra day off. I think it's the absolute least baseball could do. Although the Cardinals, I think they were the casino. They were the, the team that went yeah. to the casino. So they don't really have any sympathy from me. Um, so moving on to the East, this is a division. Um, obviously, we talked about the 29 runs scored by the Braves. They are currently ahead, uh, on top at 28 and 19. Honest, I expected them to be better than, the, than what they are, uh, especially how bad that division has been overall. Miami is behind them. Yes, you heard that correctly. Still, the Miami Marlins sticking around. Brianna cannot wait to get to a, a series that we'll talk about here in a little bit. Um, and then, of course, uh, so Miami's 23 and 21, three and a half games back, obviously currently in a playoff spot. Philadelphia, 23 and 22, four games behind Atlanta. And then you have the Mets and Nationals both pretty much done. Mets are 21 and 26, seven games back. Uh, and then the Nationals are seven and uh, 17 and 28, 10 games behind. Um, what are your thoughts on the National League East? Well, first, if you were about to say seven and 28, that'd be horrible record. Yeah. Um, I think it's just interesting the fact that the team that Atlanta beat 29 to nine is literally right behind them. Like, I just find it interesting. Obviously Miami is still three and a half games back, but like you just lost to the leaders by 20 points, like 20 runs. Like, how are you still there? Well, it's funny. It, it, I, I think I, it was I, that Miami Philly um, series this last weekend that it definitely helped with it. You, um, I always like to look at run differential and you have Atlanta plus 57 and then Miami minus 26. Well, really that's kind of like minus eight minus, well, not really, but it is minus 26. That's just facts, but literally minus 20 of that is in one game. So might be a little misleading there. Um, uh, I, I just continue to look at the Washington nationals and I, I, I wish everyone, I hope everyone would have gone back and listened to the off season podcast where I, I called this team. I didn't think they'd be this bad, but I definitely said, take the under 32 wins. I think it was, I mean, I'm ready to cash that in right now. So the Nationals, a big, big surprise. But I think this is similar to the Central. The Marlins are another team that not as dramatic needing to – they don't have to make up games as dramatically as the Cardinals. But they're going to have some doubleheaders, and they've just had a hell of a weekend or a doozy of a weekend when it comes to doubleheaders. I mean, at least with the Marlins, it was, like, in the first week that yes. it happened compared to, like, the Cardinals who are, like, mid-season – like, already had missed two weeks. Card uh, Miami, I think, only missed, like, one. But, like, yeah. at least theirs happened in the beginning, so it was easier for them to get. Still have uh, four games to make up um, just to get all caught to where everyone else is. Um, and that could easily uh, – not easily, but it will be made up, and not 21 or 26 in 21 days, but – this is another situation where the Marlins are probably more worried, not worried, but more focused on let's hold second. Let's hold down second place. Um, obviously, you, you just keep winning everything else out of your control, but there are other ways managers. Don Mattingly is going to have a day where maybe he, he needs to give 
Sixto Sanchez, who's been absolutely dominant, uh, maybe gives them an extra day because they're up by a game and a half on Philadelphia. Maybe they can take it, you know? Who knows? Little things like that. Uh, moving on to the American League, and we start in the American League East. Tampa Bay continues um, to lead the pack, despite uh, really a kind of a mediocre week. They're only five and five in their last 10 overall. So last two weeks been pretty mediocre, but they're 30 and 17. Um, Toronto close behind 20, not really, but closer than at most expected 26 and 23 and a half games back. The Yankees who have won five in a row. Uh, I just got to point that out. 26 and 21, uh, four games behind Tampa. They look like they're coming for that second spot. Uh, Baltimore has started to uh, come back to the pack after they were kind of, uh, I think at one point they, no, I think it was the Marlins who were 11 and four, but anyway, they were at one point, they were looking, looking pretty good. Uh, they're 20 and 26 losers of five in a row, nine and a half games back. And then there's of course the Boston Red Sox, uh, 17 and 31, 13 and a half games back. And um, some of the more famous um, Red Sox fans, uh, Jared Carabas from Barstool, he's uh, already, already tweeting out um, Kumar Rocker highlights, uh, the pitcher for Vanderbilt, who's probably going to be the first overall pick uh, whenever next year's draft goes off. He's already tweeting out Kumar Rocker highlights. They are in full tank mode, and they're doing it pretty well. What are your thoughts on the Nash or the, excuse me, American League East? I mean, look, Boston is still the worst team in the American League. Um, that might change in maybe like a game or two. Um, but, I mean, the Yankees, we thought they were going to do better. Toronto, I did, we'll get into it later, but I did call what happened earlier in the week, just based on pitchers. Um, I think the Yankees are still suffering from like injuries. If I remember correctly, I think they're still suffering it. But like Tampa Bay, just on a roll, but I think it's just funny that I'm looking at all of the standings for the American League. And there are three teams with 30 wins, almost four. And yet in the National League, there's only two. Yeah. And it's you and the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, it just kind of shows there's, there's just a ton of, especially in the National League, just a, a lot of bunch. And a part of it possibly could maybe be um, the, the outbreak. Uh, I think it was mainly the Cardinals. I mean, I, I look, everyone else is pretty much caught up. I, I look back at the Cardinals. I mean, I forget that they, they played their fifth game against the team that, had, that were playing like their 21st. It was incredible. So they have so much ground to make up, but you're right. Uh, yeah. Seeing what, yeah, three teams uh, and then really Oakland right there at 29. Um, so, but I will say the Yankees, they are injured all that, but um, the, the Toronto Blue Jays better watch their back right now because the Yankees are coming, they're coming fast and um, they have pretty much shut down Jane Paxton for the year, which is not ideal. But look, Stanton and Judge, um, they, they kind of go back and forth on the DL and not – they haven't been shut down for the whole year yet. So they could possibly be the scariest four, five, six, seven, eight seed. I don't think they're going to win the division, but I still think they're a playoff team. I think they'll eventually get in. Um, but that's a scary team in the playoffs. If they get healthy and stay healthy, I know that's like the biggest if in the world. But winners of five in a row. Um, so Yankees making a move trying to at least moving to the central, which is by uh, the American league central, which is by far the most intriguing division in baseball. And uh, look, 
Chicago White Sox 30 and 16, 8 and 2 in their last 10, including four in a row, winning four in a row. They are 30 and 16. Minnesota only a game back, but tied in the win column. They are 30 and 18. Uh, they are also eight in their eight and two in their last 10. Winners of three in a row, and we will get to that series later because that's going to be a juicy one. Anyways, the Cleveland Indians, who have full-fledged fallen off, of course, this time last week, it was a really, really tight three-horse race. And now it is a really, really tight two-horse race, and the Indians are pretty much, um, let's see, it's going to be the Yankees, Indians, or Astros fighting for two spots. Uh, essentially, and the Indians might end up becoming the Blue Jays, depending on who gets that second spot. But that's going to be really tough. I think Cleveland's falling very quickly. They are 26 and 21, losers of six in a row, four and a half games back. And then you have uh, Detroit and Kansas City, both with 20 wins. Uh, Detroit is 20 and 26, Kansas City 20 and 28. But when it comes to Kansas City, Kansas City's won six in a row, folks. So, hey. Might be, a, might be a dark horse to uh, win the World Series. I'm just kidding. Anyways, what are your well, thoughts on that American League? Well, to be fair, Kansas City was playing the Pirates this That's weekend. That's fair. So, to hey, be beat fair. the teams you, you, you got to beat. That's um, nothing like being the second worst team in the league. Eh, well, the Pirates are the worst team in the entire yeah. MLB. So, um, like I said with the National League, the Central is going to be the closest no matter what happens. Like, White Sox and Minnesota have the same amount of wins. We knew that this division was going to be really, really close. So, I mean, it's just a matter of who can finish out the strongest within this division. Obviously, Detroit and Kansas City are out of it, but um, it's fight for that top spot right now between the White Sox and Minnesota. Agreed. And, and I do kind of wonder if – now, if this was a normal year when it comes to playoffs, um, I think it would be a little – more ferocious of a fight um but because normally if you don't win your division the only way you're getting in the playoffs is a one game playoff and that's that anything can happen in that situation so getting to the three game or the divisional series is always kind of the goal win the division we're guaranteed a three game or a five game series but in these situations you know look the white Sox and twins both of these teams are making the playoffs. I mean, it would take a crazy, crazy amount of things to happen for these teams to miss the playoffs. So I don't know if they're going to go full bore to get into the playoffs. It obviously depends on how much they value that top seed. I'm not sitting here saying they're going to, um, uh, you know, totally tank, but I also don't think that they're going to maybe be as stringent in certain situations, but we shall see moving on to the last division um, one that is very, very close to Brianna's heart. Um, unfortunately, her team is not close. It is. Well, we're not last. <laughs> that is there. Fair enough. Fair enough. Oakland leading the way, uh, 29 and 17. They are six and four in their last 10. Uh, pretty much running unopposed at the moment. Houston is 23 and 23. Uh, they're two and eight in their last 10. Uh, more than likely going to drop below 500. Look, their only two wins of these 10 games was literally the one game against the A's and, the, and yesterday against the Dodgers. That's yeah. been it. <laughs> and last night, uh, yesterday against the A's, that was, that was Kenley Jansen just giving it up. You mean uh, yesterday then, against the Dodgers? 
Well, yeah, but Kenley Jansen just, I mean, that's not, that's not on the Dodgers. That's, that's normal. Kenley. That's normal. <laughs> Okay, uh, Seattle is in third, eight games back. Very surprising situation going on up in Seattle. 21 and 25, eight games back, but only two games back for that second place spot. Then, of course, the Angels at 20 and 28, 10 games back, and uh, the Texas Rangers at 17 and 30, 12 and a half games back. Uh, what are your thoughts on the, the, the West? I mean, look, Seattle and the Angels are seven and three in their last 10. So they're getting there. At least the Angels are not last like they were in the beginning. Um, Texas has now taken it and I'm very happy for it, except we have to play them again. Um, but obviously like with the Angels, they really only have national teams left, national league teams left. They have, they don't play anymore against the teams that are above them. Oakland's going to win this division no matter what happens. Like, I think we kind of knew that from the beginning, just because of how well they were playing that stupid grand slam on opening night. I'm still salty about that one. Um, Houston's just taken a dive, obviously not from grace because they lost that a while ago. Um, I really want to see Seattle overtake them. I really do. Houston does not deserve to go back to the playoffs. It's uh, yeah, that would be, that would be something else. And it would be karma. Honestly, it would be karma. Uh, hopefully the baseball gods will oblige. Moving on to uh, the series. Uh, to recap, we always talk about an early week, three early week series, and um, uh, late weeks here, or weekend series. Sorry, my brain parted. And for the first time ever, we got through all three, and I didn't miss any of them. I mean, I didn't miss any. Um, I missed plenty. I mean, but I didn't miss any put in the wrong game or. Um, no postponements or anything. We actually finished all of them up. So that was pretty cool. Anyways, first up was uh, the Yankees and Toronto. We were split on this. The Yankees take two out of three. Or no, I'm sorry. I said the Yankees were going to take two out of three. Brianna correctly said Toronto was going to take two out of three. I told you, look at the pitchers. Yeah. <laughs> that's not <laughs> what gave that to me was the pitchers. I expected the Yankees to rebound um i was just a series too early uh because obviously we saw what the yankees did the week on the weekend they've won five in a row i expected the yankees to rebound just like i said maybe a little later than expected um moving on the second series was uh houston and oakland it was a five game series and we had expected uh three out of five from Oakland, both of us. Um, it actually ended up being four out of five for Oakland. So they even outdid us even by one. I think that's okay. Uh, if the Astros one extra loss, we're okay with that, right? Oh yeah. We're <laughs> very okay with this. Even if it is Oakland. Exactly. Uh, unfortunately, we both actually uh, missed when it came to the Reds and Cubs. We had thought the Reds were going to kind of make, or at least I personally thought this was the time both agreed that Cincinnati was going to win two out of three. Personally, I thought it was going to happen because this was kind of the last stand for Cincinnati. Well, it kind of was, but they just failed. So that, that happens. Um, but the Cubs take two out of three to kind of keep themselves afloat in this, at least the top, the central. The weekend that, that Darvish game, man. <laughs> The only game I actually thought the Cubs were going to win. About. I thought that was the only game I thought the Cubs were actually going to win. Yeah, right? It's very <laughs> ironic, right? <laughs> the weekend series uh, that we 
to uh, talk about as I get myself caught up on actually what happened today. Um, it was Cleveland and Minnesota. And um, I had said Minnesota was going to win the series. Brianna thought it was going to be Cleveland. Either way, um, as I check the score. Either um, way, I was very wrong. Yeah, okay. So Minnesota won again today. Yes, they did. Either way, I was wrong. Yes. Yeah, so uh, Minnesota. And I own up to it. Ends up getting that sweep. Um, I, will, I will do my victory lap. Woo! Um, but look, uh, Cleveland, I had expected Minnesota to win the series. I did not expect Cleveland to just kind of full and be full-fledged uh, free-fall mode. Um, this is what happens when you trade Mike Clevenger and are very, very open to trading your franchise player in Francisco Lindor. Uh, it's unfortunate, um, but it is what it is. Uh, Minnesota sweeps. And then um, this is one where Brianna is, was correct. Um, well, at least more correct than I was. Well, I, I thought about it. I thought about Miami taking the four of the six, but I'm like, that's too. Oh, uh -huh, and, sure. and I went for the split. No, Check I did notes. tell you at the Check beginning, the notes, folks. I did say last week that I thought about it, and then ultimately went for the sweep because I thought about the double headers. Yeah. That, so yeah, it did end up four, four out of six for Miami. Um, that was, of course, um, Philadelphia and Miami's six-game series with those two double headers. And uh, you know what's crazy? I actually do believe um, they actually play tomorrow as well. So I think technically it's a seven-game series. Um, I think I saw that today. Yes, they play tomorrow as well. So technically, but I didn't want it to go all the way through, uh, all the way back around. But you got that one um, more correct than I did. Um, and you trust that gut next time because uh, that obviously shows that you – I thought about um, the double headers. Yeah. Uh, but then, and then I wasn't expecting Miami to win both. So <laughs> what I would suggest, um, because I've seen more double headers be like a uh, uh, full sweat, full sweep double headers or sweep the double headers, the same team. And I think a part of that is because of the seven innings. Um, I think it makes it easier a to manage your bullpen. And uh, we saw it today with the Padres in game one, they just throw Clevenger out there for seven innings and we're good to go. So I think that's something uh, maybe to think about, you know, those double headers now necessarily aren't uh, just cut and dry, um, just splits nine times out of 10. So something to think about the other series as I look to see how it ended up. Um, we both expected the, it is the Detroit Tigers and Chicago White Sox. We both expected the White Sox to win two out of three. The White Sox ended up going even beyond that. Look, they had to. They knew Minnesota swept Cleveland, so they had to sweep Detroit. They do just that. Um, both correct on that one. Um, just maybe overvalued Detroit a little bit, but we'll take that win. Um, so last I, week, I'm afraid to go with the sweeps at this point. I know, right? It's And now we will go with sweeps, and it'll be a bunch of two out of threes, right? So you just gotta, exactly why I'm got to be uh, ready. <laughs> exactly why I'm still not doing it. Perfect. We'll see. We'll see. Might get her into one. Um, nope. <laughs> I've already written down what I think. Nope. Oh, fair enough. I will give you um, the floor on this one. The first early week series to watch, uh, obviously big reason why, is it is the Dodgers and the Padres. The top dog in the National League West will be up for grabs. Padres two games back, probably going to be two and a half games back. Uh, unless Kenley goes Kenley again. Uh, Three-game series at Petco. What are your thoughts, Dodgers-Padres? I'm still giving hope that you're going to win one. Oh. Um, but I think the Dodgers are going to win two of three unless 
Kenley Jansen screws everything up again. Um, but I do think that the Dodgers are going to win, even if it is at Petco, just because at least I'm giving you hope, unlike what you did with me. So I'm giving you hope. You know, I'm, uh, I think this is the perfect time for the Padres to give okay. the Dodgers. Um, obviously, Kenley Jansen, through the years, has the worst ERA or, or the worst numbers against the San Diego Padres. Uh, I expect that to continue. And um, I like the Padres, actually, to take two out of three um, and firmly make the Dodgers realize that uh, this division is up for grabs. Um, and we'll see how it goes the rest of the year, as this obviously is the last series between the two teams. Um, but we'll see on that. Uh, very, very interesting. At least I'm still there. giving you one. No, that's fine. I'm, I'm – uh, I, I fully expect. I mean, I really don't think the Dodgers are sweeping us. They're, I'm sure at the end of the season when the Angels play the Dodgers, you're not giving me any hope. I, I'm sure that's well, it depends the situation, though. I mean, if, if the Dodgers are, you know, four games up on the Padres, it's already clinched. I could see them winning two out of three. But, I mean, with all due respect to the Angels, and I, I, I think the Padres are, you know, a, a couple tiers above um, the Angels in terms of, you know, uh, we did shut you out last week, didn't we? Oh, hey, yeah. That's, and then swept the Astros? And then what? Oh, well, we, we swept the Astros, too. Um, how many Grand Slams in a row have you hit? Okay, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the next series we're going to talk about is... Uh, wait, who, who's got number... Who's got the... Who's tied for fifth in the home run list? Who is? Pujols. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you meant, okay. I thought you meant like the season. The no. season stat. Home okay. run. Yeah, well, okay. That, and and know, Trout is Pujols tied is for first cardinal. in home runs. Pujols is a cardinal. Pujols is a cardinal. But Trout is also tied for, the, for number one in the league with home runs right now. It's pretty cool for being the second best player in the league. And the next. <laughs> Not happening. St. Louis Cardinals uh, will head to Milwaukee. Um, this is a five-game series. There are two double headers sprinkled in. So um, for me, I'm going to go first on this one because uh, Brianna went first last time. I think this, for, for me, this is a determination of how, where the uh, Cardinals are going to go. Are they going to compete or um, are they going to kind of fade off as they kind of get caught up in the early part of this congestion of scheduling? Um, I like the Brewers actually to take three out of five. I think Milwaukee is just set up maybe a little bit better um, throughout the last week, uh, not having to deal with double headers overall or over and over and over. I mean, the, the Cardinals, I believe are going to uh, have played um, a double header earlier this week. We'll play obviously two this week. And I, I think at least one more on the weekend. That's daunting. Um, I like Milwaukee to win three out of five um, and get themselves back into that conversation for the second spot in the central. What are your thoughts, Brianna? Now see, St. Louis has done really well when it came to those double headers. So I'm, I'm going to be taking St. Louis three of five. They're not going to be able to get four based on their schedule for this year, but I do think that they're going to take three of five. They've done it in the past and they know that Milwaukee is right behind them. And they're not good, and they're gonna really work to not give it up. <laughs> good call, good call. We shall see on that one. And the next series to watch is actually look if the Padres and Dodgers weren't 
uh, in this group. This would be, I would probably watch all four of these games um, if it was a normal year and the Padres were already eliminated by now. But the tw Minnesota Twins at Chicago White Sox for a four-game set. I don't have to tell you why. I mean, it's, it's pretty much going to more than likely determine who wins the AL Central. Um, Brianna, uh, it's only fair. You get to go first this time. What are your thoughts on the Twins and White Sox? I do not think there's going to be a sweep, especially in this one. I do think that the White Sox are going to win three or four. I'm pretty sure Minnesota is going to make it so they don't get the sweep, uh, like this last weekend against Detroit. But I do like uh, the White Sox um, over Minnesota. Three out of four. Good call. I am actually going to go with the split. I think this this series plays pretty much exactly the way this, uh, the, the season has gone. Um, and it is a bit of a – it does kind of suck. I, I wish this was a three-game series or, I mean, a five-game series would be great. But I would prefer it to be an odd number of series so that, you know, you, you could get an actual clear winner. But I do expect to see a split here. Um, it's kind of one of those um, – these teams are going to just, hey, let's go get our two wins and then try and somehow make up games against lesser opponents. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But um, d some dissension pretty much all over, which is great. It's always fun to uh, have something to go back to. The weekend series to watch, um, we got Minnesota and the Cubs. Uh, it will be at Wrigley. Three-game set. Obviously going to be different uh, situation for the Twins, depending on how their series with the White Sox goes, that could be, you know, get swept. It's panic time. They sweep. They're all good. It's a split. Nothing's changed. So a lot can change in those four games. Um, it is my turn to go first. I actually, um, I like the Twins to take two out of three. I think the Twins have more onus to win. Uh, they're in a tighter division race. The Cubs, I think, are pretty set where they are. Obviously, they can't just totally mail it in, but I, I don't think um, they're going to need to play amazing ball like Minnesota is to win their division. So give me Minnesota two out of three. What about you, Brianna? I'm going the other way. Nice. I'm going to say Cubs two out of three, and obviously I'm biased, but I'm definitely taking Cubs two out of three. They've shown that they can still compete, obviously, with that no-hitter. Like, they, there have been a lot of games where they have not done well, but they, in the last week or two, they have shown that they could, aside from the Cincinnati series, um, with that one game that they should have won. Um, I'm still very salty uh, because I lost money on that one. But <laughs> I, I do think the Cubs are going to win two of three. Perfect. Minnesota for me, Chicago for you. Next up is the uh, Bay Area series. Uh, San Francisco at Oakland. Um, just a note, hopefully. Um, I mean, the air quality, they had San Francisco, the Niners played today. Um, so the air quality hopefully is better. Now that is Santa Clara, not exactly Oakland. I know there were some, some shots of uh, baseball being played at the Coliseum with that backdrop. Scary, just dystopian stuff. Anyways, San Francisco and Oakland will meet for a three-game set. Uh, San Francisco, this is their chance. This is, I mean, they're the inferior team here. Um, but this is a chance for them to, who knows, maybe steal one. Oakland is probably letting off the gas a bit. I don't know if they're fully doing it, but it is a bit of human nature to pretty much know, hey, look, we're, we're, we're in now. Um, 
we're probably where we need to be. Let me see, is it my turn to go first? It, no, Brianna, it will be your turn to go first. San Francisco at Oakland for a three-game set. What do you think? I really don't think that they're going to let off the gas, but they are the better team between the two, so I am going to be taking Oakland two of three. I am not going for any freaking sweeps this week because it is so close and everybody's like trying their best to win. Obviously, the Giants are trying to get um, one of those um, play-in spots, but I think Oakland is the better team, even with Chapman out. And I hate to say it, but LaStella is actually going to be a really big help for them in the series. Um, so I'm going to take Oakland. Agreed. And I agree as well. I, I like Oakland two out of three. Um, I, I almost went Oakland sweep, but you're right. Um, everyone's kind of playing it, it, a little closer to the vest. I don't think Oakland needs to sweep. I mean, they'll, they'll take whatever the Giants will give them, but they're not going to go full bore, uh, empty their bullpen out trying to sweep the Giants. Um, the last game that we – or last series, I should say, uh, is a four-game set between the Philadelphia Phillies and the Toronto Blue Jays. One note, uh, on Friday there will be a doubleheader. Philadelphia will be the home team in game two. Don't pull a Houston. Sorry? Oh. Don't pull a Houston. Yeah, we'll see there. But um, it is my turn to go first. You know, for me, I have been so impressed with what I've seen from Toronto. Um, and a lot of people think Philadelphia, it's been a, a you know, a underachieve. I think this is exactly what we are going to see from Philadelphia with Bryce Harper. Uh, there's a reason Bryce Harper played with Washington. Um, and then the year he leaves, they go and win the World Series. I just don't think he's a player who, who is someone you build around to win a championship. I like Toronto to win four, three out of four. Uh, they are in a dogfight with the Yankees, um, and they have the bullets to compete with the Yankees. Um, I don't know if the, uh, the uh, um, Phillies have the bullets to compete with the Marlins. I know that sounds crazy, but what we saw this weekend, how can you think differently? I mean, I've been saying that for a week now. But right. uh, You are correct. I mean, Toronto's got Ryu. They've got Stripling. Like, and I'm pretty sure both of these pitchers are going to be playing in this series one way or another. But I do think that Toronto's going to take three or four. Yes, they are in a dogfight, but they are still the better team no matter what happens. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Well, that is all we have for you, Brianna. Final words as we wrap up. Rather lengthy MLB. That was good. We got into it. Uh, got into some great topics. Good series. What are your final thoughts um, as we get ready for what? I think the no, it's two weeks to go. It's definitely not the last week. No, it is not. I still got to get the Dodgers again. Yeah, um, oh, that's right. Congrats to Pulhos. Yeah. And do not bunt like Hosmer. Please do not. You will break a finger or a hand. That's all I got to say. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. 100%. Just um, situations like that, situational baseball stuff. I, like I said, I don't know if it was Tingler. I really don't think it was. Either way, um, someone made a big, big, big mistake. And unfortunately, um, Eric Hosmer is feeling the repercussions for that. His season more than likely over. Um, just there won't be surgery, but it will now come down to pain tolerance and it's going to be a tough one. But Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, for Brianna Winner, my name is Brandon First, a.k.a. First Report, representing the ESBC 
Podcast Network. Thanks again for listening. Now go wash your hands, stop hating, and take care, everybody. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it is free. It's a podcast that I use. And they really do a good job for us here at the GFSN betting and team report podcast. It helps us make 70 to 80% of your bets. Now, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started, my brothers.